Hello and welcome to the third episode of BFP, the BioForce podcast. <laughs> that's right. That's a Doom 2004 movie reference because this month or this week or whatever our cadence is, we're talking about video game movies. And we have some experts here. We brought in Dan and Andy, and we're going to introduce them shortly. But we have some unfinished business here. <laughs> now, last episode, we, we promised that we're going to do some introductions for, first, uh, for every guest and uh, host on this episode. And uh, me and Paulo, we did our introductions on episode one. But I think we've uh, unfortunately come to the realization that episode one is never going to see the light of day. So uh, we did our introductions during that episode, but we've decided we're going to redo them here again for, for our dedicated audience that has not yet heard our introductions. I yet. know, I know we're, they're all dying to hear who we are. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's a core part of this, co- this podcast. So uh, uh, Carson, take it away. Oh, no, no, no. I was going to do you first. Um, so as the the typical introduction for each of our guests uh your your hosts here me and paulo are going to do our own introductions so uh telling us a character and a movie that represents as represents you as a person paulo take it away with the first one all right fine (laughs) okay well uh my character is uh walter mitty from the secret life of walter mitty because uh if you don't know that uh movie i'm a huge daydreamer and uh, basically, that movie, that's who he is. And then he just ends up going on a huge adventure as part of his job. Hmm. Um, yeah. And uh, what? Oh, for the movie, I picked uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, uh, which is, by the way, what I named my uh, Instagram uh, slash Twitter after, which is also, which doubles as our podcast Instagram slash Twitter. But, you know, I'll, I'll plug that later in the podcast so you guys, so all of you guys can, uh, can uh, contact us and uh, possibly get a spot on the next episode. We all know our social media has been blowing up since <laughs> last episode. <laughs> okay, so for myself, um, the character I picked was uh, Kingsley Zizu, a.k.a. Ned Plimpton from the movie The Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. Pardon? What? <laughs> what? Uh, so this character, um, if you haven't seen Life Aquatic, I highly, highly recommend it. Uh, it's essentially Bill Murray is a, a documentarian who's going around the world with his crew of uh, people who are kind of sure they're, they're not, they don't fit within society. They, they have found their uh, calling within this team, within the society that you know they have they have this passion in, in doing documentaries. Uh, Kingsley Zizou is Bill Murray's kind of a strange son who is kind of figuring out whether he belongs in this world or not. Kind of goes a little bit back and forth of whether he actually does belong. Um, that's deep. So so that I think that's something I relate to personally. Uh, but I would also for the movie I picked is actually the same movie, The Life Aquatic with Steve Zizou. Um, for the opposite reason of what I aspire to be, and that's what Bill Murray is in that movie, is essentially what I aspire to being as a person. That person who, who leads the team, who is the person who has that one passion and that team together of people that you really respect and uh, just work with your entire life and really love working with. I think that's who I want to be. And so there's that whole difference between who I think I am, which is Kingsley Zizou, versus who I aspire to be, which is Steve Zizou. Uh, and that's kind of why I picked those two options. Wow. Uh, so that's the, the introduce, introductions of your hosts here. 
uh, we are now going to introduce our two guests. And as I said today, we are we're talking about video game movies. So we we brought in Woo! a couple of video game experts, and <laughs> and Dan and Andy. And I can Andy, say right closer. now, with these two guests, we're going to have we're going to have a damn good episode. Oh, <laughs> have a yes. damn good time, everyone. <laughs> Uh, so to start off first with a typical introduction, we're going to go to Dan, uh, give us your character and movie that represents you as a person and why. All right, will do. Well, hello, hello. Uh, <laughs> I'll start with my movie first, uh, and that would be Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Um, <laughs> that works uh, very well. Yeah, the, the film exudes a, a kind of a carefree <laughs> mentality of seizing the moment of living life, uh, to sort of, you know, uh, the, the greatest extent and doing what you want to do regardless of the rules. Uh, that carefree attitude and lack of sort of structure and sort of, you know, uh, uh, you know, doing what you want to do in the moment, uh, that pretty much is my life in a, in a nutshell. I'm not the most structured person, so it works. <laughs> uh, and as for the character, um, actually, I'm super original. Uh, so also from that movie, uh, the character of Cameron Fry, uh, he is sort of... Um, how I would wa how I see myself living my life right now in Toronto, um, sort of like uh, you know the the quiet the relatively quiet and reserved person uh, believe it or not um, <laughs> I'm an introvert uh, who 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 likes to observe what's going on and sort of be part of the craziness but not so much be the instigator of the craziness. So for example, Ferris would be the guy who's running the show, but Cameron just goes along for the ride. Swing bada bada. So that's right, a bada bada. Uh, yeah. That would be me. Great. Thanks, Dan. Uh, and for our second guest, I'm going to turn it over to Andy. All right, cool. Uh, so the, the movie that I want to do is Chasing Amy. I'm, I'm oh, a big yeah. Kevin Smith fan. I don't talk about it too much. But I, like, I, I just feel like I live in a world where I want to hear everybody's opinions. And in all his movies, people get these long dialogues. They go on these really weird, nonchalant, uh, long philosophical conversations about absolutely nothing that mean the most to them. And that's what I like about life, so I just kind of went with that. For character, uh, Igby from Igby Goes Down. Uh, oh. Kieran Culkin, the very famous brother of Macaulay Culkin. Uh, He's in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, just, just because that's kind of how I feel like I went through high school. Very much this like kid who just said really weird things, annoyed everybody, but just kept doing it anyway. That's, Sounds like you. Yeah. <laughs> so that's me. If I had known about that movie, I might have picked him too. There we go. <laughs> So I have a question for you based on that introduction. Uh, have you ever watched much uh, Richard Linklater movies? Uh, this no. would be like a, your boyhood, your before sunrise, before sunset trilogy, stuff like that? No. Because that very much sounds like uh, the, the type of stuff that's similar to what you're talking about. Well, that's my homework now. <laughs> that is your homework now. Uh, great. So we, we've introduced our guests now. We are we want to start off this, talk, this episode talking about... Uh, some of the shortcomings of video game movies and kind of what we have out there today. And, and I kind of want to talk about this in the context of, uh, it seems like recently superhero movies have found out how to translate that medium into movies. And maybe it's not perfect. I'm sure there's a lot of video or comic book movies or comic book fans out there uh, who can agree they're maybe not doing it perfectly, but they've at least found success. And yet when you look at the video game movies, when you try to think about what is the best one out there, or what are the good ones out there, there's a certain shortcoming. So why, why do you guys think, especially as those of you who love certain movies and love you know, the certain narratives that they provide, why haven't they been able to translate that into the medium of film yet? So 
just wanted to ask you guys a weird question, and this is related, um, but this has to do with where I'm going with it. It's a weird question, but how old do you think Mario is? 1993. Like the the character himself. Oh, the character. Or just the, the, yeah, movie. the, the character. Oh, I thought you meant the movie. The character. <laughs> Let How old is the character Mario? I was going to well, say 80s. He's like a well-established plumber, so right. I think he'll... Uh, let's say like 30... He's in his mid-30s. Mid-30s? 30, 35. What do you think, Bam? The age of the character. Yeah. Uh, the age of Mario. Uh, age of Mario. Like, uh, 38. 38? Carson? I was going mid eighties. Eighties. Yeah, I was going mid eighties. So like, yeah, like no, no, no. Sorry, we mean like how old? Like the Mario himself. Mario yeah. himself. How old is oh, he? Oh, how yeah. old is Mario? Like, yeah, he's not an eighty-year-old man. Like, no, no, he's in his forties. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, so, I was in nineteen eighties, so it's like yeah. It's all right, so it's perfect. So you guys never saw this. Uh, Miyamoto actually came out and said that the only thing they really know about Mario is that he's twenty-four. What? Twenty-four. <laughs> yeah. So I'm twenty-four. Yeah. <laughs> no, wait, no, I'm not. <laughs> So that just kind of just jumps right to my point is that we look at a lot of characters in video games and we play as them, but not a lot of times we get to know them. So when we're in a movie, we're watching somebody else tell their story and we already have way too many preconceived notions about it. Like you tell a Mario story and you make him too old, everyone's going to say that. If I put a 24 year old out there with a huge mustache, you're going to think he looks too young. That's already going to cause you a problem. Uh... So that's interesting because um, I think we were talking about this last episode on our podcast, but... Uh, one of the perfect uh, action hero movies or uh, any fantasy world heroes is when it's somebody that it's so generic that you can portray yourself as them. So we were talking about Neo in the Matrix. Yeah. And it's like, that he has no character, so you can bring yourself to the scenario. So do you think, like, and, and think about video game movies here, like, are the... Are the protagonists, do they have too much character where we can't portray ourselves as them? Is that the is that what's happening? Well, I think we put themselves, we put ourselves in their shoes for what their story is. Right, so when we're doing, when you're like watching these movies, a lot of times it's a, uh, like I think you guys were talking about Twilight as well, and like the way it was written, <laughs> right, and how it's like you know you can really see yourself as her and doing the things they're doing. When you play video games, there's a lot. You're actually controlling their movements. There's a lot more like power in that. So when you see somebody doing something pretty like like unrealistic, you've done something to make that happen. Mm -hmm. So you feel more invested in that action. So when you're just seeing when you're seeing it happen and you're seeing it in a very different way, your notions of like what you do with that character. Are, are also different. It's kind of like I, I can watch someone playing Mario and if I'm watching like someone on Twitch playing Mario and they're very competitive and they're really good, I can watch them and in my head I'm like, okay, wait, how did he react so fast? If I'm watching Mario on the TV, uh, like, you know, some guy just jumping around, I'm just going to be like, okay, that's a little weird. I don't know, but maybe that's just me. That's really interesting. Well, I, th I think that's interesting, but also look at it in perspective of comic book movies as well. And like, mm -hmm. you, you want to say you want to have a relatable protagonist and someone that you can see yourself as, but look at your, your Tony Stark and your Captain America and your Batman. And it's like, do any of us really see ourselves as that character? Because they're so powerful or they're so different than each of us. But I, I was actually going to bring this up about comic book movies of they've started to become more and more extraordinary, but you look at how they started and like, the Christopher Nolan Batman movies stories. were very much like a regular person. The first Iron Man movie, he wasn't that crazy of a person. He was like a regular person. He was a dick, though, but yeah. he was a regular person. <laughs> I mean, he was a dick, but he was in, it was in a realistic way that we each related to. Yeah. And I feel like video game movies haven't found that. It's a very fantastical world, but we can't relate to it because they haven't found that everyman aspect of it. I know. Actually, I think it's too much of an... Well, not exactly everyman, but... The fact that the character that you're playing in the video game, I think for most cases, there's no character. It's kind of like a blank slate where it's just you in the game. 
So when they apply an actual character in a movie to that to that video game character, and it's not who you thought it was when you were playing the game, like it's just so weird and it doesn't fit because there's like, think about think about every person that's played Mario. That's like five billion people. Say, to for example, that's five billion different characters that people see Mario as. Right. So when they when they make the Mario movie, this yeah. it's a bad example because <laughs> it's, it's a great movie. example actually. No, I mean like just because like, of the Mario movie, but like when when they see Mario as uh, who was it Don uh, something Cap, uh, Don Haskins uh, Hoskins yeah, Haskins Hoskins something like <laughs> something close like enough that. yeah. But when you see that guy, it's like that's not who I thought my Mario was. Yeah. Right. So like you you don't really you don't get into that movie. And on top of the Mario movie, there was like. So Yoshi being a weird dinosaur. With the video game movies, like when you think of the big video game franchises out there right now, like Resident Evil, uh, let's look at the bad ones like Hitman, uh, Max Steel, or no, Max Payne, Max Payne, Max Payne. Yeah, Max Payne. Is that the problem? That's with these movies right now. Because okay, so the, the counter argument that I would bring is, I think the best video game movie out there right now is Warcraft, and despite the fact that they have orcs as main characters. I think I actually related more to those orcs than I did most video game movie main characters. It's just because you're a beast. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I mean, that's tough. Because, like, Warcraft was, it was different as a video game movie in that, um, like, it was com- it was far enough from the actual game that, like, it was its completely own movie. I think it, it took cues from, from the game, but there was no... Uh, I, I think that well, is a key, though. Like You need to make your own story, because the type of story that you can tell in the medium of a video game, where it might take hours and hours and hours and take all these side quests, is very different than what you can tell in a two-hour movie. And so if you're trying to yeah. adapt a video game as a movie, that's not going to work. Like You need to say, okay, these are characters, and let's find a movie story that works. And I, I don't think that's what they're doing right now. That's well, fair. It also depends on the game too, right? Like sometimes you can take the universe. Like there's so many opportunities to go into the universe of a game and take like a side quest or like the lore of that movie or that video game franchise and turn it into something. Like I don't think I would ever watch a Mass Effect movie where they told me what Commander Shepard does because I play for like 30 hours yeah. and I choose what Commander Shepard does. You don't exactly. choose that right. for me, right? Well, I should say Andy right. Shepard because that's my, that's my Shepard. But Commander but, Andy Shepard. Honestly, you saved the galaxy so many times. But... If you were to take a story and you were to go into the universe and let's say have a story about like the battles on the Citadel or like people on certain planets seeing Reapers, like that would be great. But no one's really taken that leap as far as I know. Yeah. I, don't know, I feel like there's a lot of opportunities there. But. So, so that's a, the big question to kind of round out this segment is um, what do you guys think is the best video game movie out there right now? <laughs> and then look at that from the, both from the perspective of you guys being video game fans and what did the most justice to the source material, but also just what is the best movie in general. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna start because this was this is a tough one. We talked about this before, and I, you said Warcraft was the mm-hmm. best one, and I was like, that can't be the best one. <laughs> but then we looked like we looked up all the video game movies online, and it was like. There's really nothing. There's like Resident Evil, which like some of them are good. Like the first Resident Evil wasn't too bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then like past that, there's like a bunch of Uwe Boll, <laughs> where like that's Synonymous I think that goes without saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there was I, I mentioned Final Fantasy, 
which I thought I really liked at the time. But the problem with that is I've never... So, two problems, actually. I've never played Final Fantasy, any of the games. And two, even not playing the games, I knew it had nothing to do with any of the games. But, like, I liked it as a movie. And I don't know. It's that That's mine, personally. That's my favorite one. All right. What about our video game experts? What do you guys think is the best? Uh, honestly, I don't know if I have a, a, favorite, a favorite video game movie. But one thing that, that goes through my mind is... Um, just talking about Super Mario Brothers, nineteen ninety three. <laughs> just sorry, that is such. I think that's a that's a critical place to, Damn, to really look at. That is, I looked it up. That is the first live action uh, video game based movie that released in North America. It broke new ground. It broke. New ground. <laughs> and I can't. So actually, if you guys don't mind, I'll just quickly ask. Um, you know, because because it's it's bad. It's terrible. It's cheesy. It's 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 awful. Um, do you guys think if it had been more successful that it could have paved the way for maybe Hollywood to care more, to devote more resources? Because I, I think lack so of talent It's interesting is... because I think um, when you look at... So the superhero genre is ultimately what I compare this to. And you look at the movies that most broke new ground and you look at your X-Men and your Blade. And these are movies where they didn't have the big colorful outfits. It was, here's a guy in a leather jacket, which was normal in the 90s. It's not so normal now. But, like, <laughs> they made those characters, and they didn't put X-Men in the bright yellow spandex outfits. They made it real. Mm-hmm. And so I think, I guess if that movie had been successful, I think there would have been bigger budgets and more attempts to do it. But I think part of the reason why they failed is because it was so weird, and it was so different. And it's just, you have to start normal, and then... You look at the superhero genre now, and because they've had, like, it's almost like they've drawn people in, and so they have earned themselves the right to get weird when it comes to like the <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, and it's like now audiences believe that, but you have to you have to grab them at a very realistic level. You and have to start at the ground. And they never did that at the ground level. So I don't think Mario ever would have done. Never this, noticed that. So actually. I'm actually okay. I'm gonna agree and disagree with you. Mm-hmm. I agree because I actually think that was actually my favorite. I was gonna choose which one? The Super Mario Brothers. Oh, really? <laughs> really? Only really? because, like, contrary to what I said, everyone puts their own perceptions into it, and I think that that's what killed the movie. Because if you look at it realistically, it's like two guys who are together. They travel to this alternate dimension, and this is how like every character in Mario would be feasibly put into a three D world. <laughs> like they tried to take everything from the first Mario and put it in. They added you know Super Mario World references with Yoshi. I mean. Not gonna get a giant green like uh, dinosaur that's gonna spit its tongue out, but you get this little <laughs> cute dinosaur, right? Who's like chained up by Bowser, and Bowser's a real person, right? He's yeah, got he's that a, weird. He's a man. Yes. He's a man. <laughs> he's a man. Right? They yeah. do the jumping. They put that like those crazy boots on. You know, there, there's like references to the Goombas and everything. They have them there, right? So they tried their best, and I think that like just to Carson's point, like they tried their best to make it realistic. Like this is how it would look in the real world. <laughs> so I, I agree with that. I disagree about it being too weird. This is a time where we had like Theodore Rex. You know what I mean? Like I in the nineties, all that reference. Yeah, in the, in like the nineties, there was a lot of money for weird movies, and I think that we've stri- stri- like there's not not a lot of people try the weird stuff anymore. Like it's just like this is a stupid concept I have. Like when I saw Sausage Party, oh, I was yeah. just like, okay, this is really stupid, but good on them for doing something just completely out of the ordinary. Yeah, like that's just like someone's shower thought that they were like, you know what, I'm right. <laughs> well, I guess Seth Rogen's. But I can like, appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. So, just like yeah, yeah, that's my favorite. All right, so uh, I think that's a good conversation to get this started. I think these same themes are going to get continued on into the next two segments that we have, uh, also about video game movies. Uh, so we're going to uh, we're going to wrap up this conversation, but we're going to move forward with some other segments. Uh, and I'm going to pass it to Paul here for our uh, our social media update, uh, updating our, our very 
rambunctious uh, fan base. <laughs> a lot of fans. We have a lot of fans. We have the best fans. <laughs> sorry, Donald. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm going to speed through this really quick. Um, just check my Twitter. No posts yet, but you know, guys, lots of chances. Just uh, shout us out at P-A-O-L-O-V-S-T-H-E-W-O-R-L-D. Paulo versus the world. That's our official uh, podcast Twitter. So you know what? Hit us up. Um, you can uh, maybe get on the next episode. I don't know if you um, if you guess one of the next two audio clips that we're having from our uh, two video game expert guests here. Um, so what you're saying is, if any of our fans had reached out over the past month, they could be being mentioned right now. Yes, but they're not exactly. because they're not reaching out. Wow. I know you're missing what out on a opportunity. golden opportunity. This is the this is the star right here. You could like Mario invincibility. You could be you could be uh cemented in podcast glory. Anyways, uh I'm going to throw it to our first audio break. This is a clip from uh Dan. Um Carson, take it away. Let's hear this clip. <laughs> So there was the uh, lovely family of Wookiees from the Star Wars <laughs> holiday special. Dan, what the fuck was that? You're not invited back. Man. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so as far as you guys are aware, our next segment is called Pitches. But I, however, am using my ability as host to enact a surprise segment called Pop Quiz Hot Shot. Wait, what? Right now? Yes. It's coming in right now. Oh, shit. I'm going to throw you off your game before your pitches. The, the rule of this one is you guys have one... or. 90 seconds to explain to me something. I'm going to tell you in the rules in a second as soon as I bring up my phone. Carson, you had a whole break to prepare this. <laughs> <laughs> How did I not? Um, okay, so you guys have 90 seconds. And what I want you to explain to me is I want you to explain, and we'll start as soon as I... <laughs> I don't know how the fuck my phone works. You guys can't see this, but we're looking at Carson with extreme disgust. Okay, you have 90 <laughs> seconds, and I want you to explain to me the plot of the first four Transformers movies. What? Go. That has Isn't it the okay. same? Wait, it's the, the same in every movie. In the beginning, not? there was a cube. Wait, okay, Andy's going first. There you go. There, there was a cube, and it was important for some reason, <laughs> and, and they wanted it. The AllSpark. Oh! Yeah, yeah, they All need spark. to save uh, Cyber Cybertron um, and or something like that. Witwicky, uh, he he dis he died and disappeared, and then um, and then he found the AllSpark. No, wait, this is like the fourth movie. Wait, and oh, then, but it's basically one, it's basically the oh. same plot for every movie. Okay, there's always something on Earth that this makes it easier. How much Cybertron. time do we have? Right, and some company came in and like had Megatron, and they were trying to. Do no, 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 that's no. no. Okay, time out. Let's let's go from the start. Okay, okay. from the beginning. Seconds through. Thirty-five. Okay, from there, the beginning. There was a um, oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> That's the beginning of the first movie. Okay, uh, Bumblebee comes to uh, protect uh, Witwicky Man. Because um, he has the glasses. Because he has the glasses. The glasses. Because his his ancestor like saw the the. Was it the Megatron truth? in the Arctic? Yes. Yeah. He, his, so uh, they're trying to kill him because he knows the truth of the the 
the Dinobots. Fucking 30 hell. seconds left. You got episodes Autobots. 2, 3, 4. Wait, Dinobots? Okay. What happened in 2, 3, 4? Um, he fights the the Decepticons and... um And the good guys win. The Autobots. The Autobots win. <laughs> no, wait. There's one little bit about the, the Decepticons take control over the Earth. And then they, say, they tell everyone to get rid of the Autobots because... Oh, yes. They'll uh, destroy things yeah, if they don't. The bad guys, yeah. And then they don't, but then they pretend that they do. So they <laughs> so they come back and then they kill the Decepticons. <laughs> yeah, they kill the Decepticons. That's time. Uh, I only <laughs> wanted to bring that up because I just watched the uh, the fifth movie and I have no idea what happened through the first one. Uh, That's why I'm like sweating so, and so shit. So the IGN review said basically the same thing happens in every movie. That's why I said Honestly, that. Honestly, I don't remember. I can't refute that. So, Probably. I don't know. Oh, so the God. only reason I remember the beginning is because I remember as soon as they said, in the beginning, there was the cube. <laughs> I died laughing. <laughs> and I think I ruined it for all my friends who saw it with me. Andy, I think we were the only ones stressing about this little pop <laughs> <laughs> uh, Okay, so we're past that. Let's go on to our next segment. This is Pitches. How am I going to remember my pitch? I'm pretty sure this is confirmed as our fan favorite segment. <laughs> Everyone wants to hear this. It is Pitches time. Uh, so There is no Lord this month. We're going to start off with... So, the, the idea this month is uh, everyone has a, a video game that they're going to adapt into a movie. They're going to present us with their idea of how this should be presented into a movie. This is the best video game that you could ever present into a movie. And we are going to go first to Mr. Dan. Hey, yo. All right. Hey, yo. All right, everybody. Uh, my pitch involves uh, the best video game ever made. What? Uh, it, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, the Witcher, of course. Surprise. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so for my pitch, um, uh, the, the movie name would simply be The Witcher. Um, uh, the IP involved is, of course, the Witcher novel series by Andrei Sapkowski. I'm probably butchering that. Um, uh, basically, just to give a, a really brief uh, sort of background on, on what Witchers are, what they do. Witchers are basically professional monster slayers. Uh, in, in the Witcher world, there's many creatures of legend, uh, like trolls, vampires, wraiths, werewolves, that sort of thing. Witchers are sort of... Um, uh, uh, sort of like roaming samurai or ronin, basically wandering the land. You get paid to sort of kill monsters, that sort of thing. They're trained at so-called witcher schools at a very young age. Um, basically, because of that and their incredible combat prowess, uh, and finally the, the, they have a bit of magic, that sort of thing. Um, one can see a strong similarity with the Jedi. Uh, undoubtedly, <laughs> Star Wars was a was a, a pretty big influence to Sapkowski. Um, so for the for the genre, I'm picturing, it's pretty standard, I guess, an action-adventure fantasy sort of thing in, like, a medieval setting. Um, the director, uh, come on, you gotta go with Christopher Nolan, right? <laughs> you gotta go for the best. It's a good thing I feel I like that's mine. cheating. <laughs> Is it really? Ah, oh, okay. I mean, you know, Wikipedia says he's, hey, like, the best, Hey, it'd be so. interesting to see Christopher Nolan's take on a medieval, yeah. Yeah. uh... Why not Peter Jackson? Oh, Peter, oh, well, wow. then it would just be silly, and you'd have like, oh, goodness gracious me! You know, want this as, <laughs> a, as a darker film that doesn't make sense from a plot perspective. Whoa. <laughs> Pardon me. Whoa! 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 whoa, whoa. Wait, <laughs> Nolan? Nolan? Really? Our boy Does it Chris? Make sense? Okay, keep going. Keep going. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Uh, so, uh, so we just kind of a general theme. Uh, I'm picturing it won't be an origin story in kind of the usual sense, like the superhero origin stories. I'm thinking more like um, the the main character Geralt the eponymous uh, witcher, he will already be experienced and capable at the beginning. Uh, you'd have sort of like 
you know, expository dialogue and flashbacks providing his background. Um, I'm also picturing it very much as like a rated R, very adult. Oh. Is, in, in the games, you see there's like even yeah, nudity, swearing, that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's apparently... You know, nudity is very popular it's, these it's, days. It's, I can concur. Um, uh, Sorry, can I pause really quick? You may, sir. Uh, you're, I just, I wanted to say your Christopher Nolan note, go for the best. Go, go, for, go for the best, yeah. That's why it's a cheat. It's a uh, cheat, huh? Uh, okay, um, so, okay, so getting into characters, uh, we've got the protagonist, uh, Geralt of Rivia, of course, uh, the most famous of witchers, always torn between mortal shades of grey, uh, and I'm thinking, as for casting... Uh, thinking of played by Nikolai Koster Wald. Oh, Waldo. Yeah. that's a good one. <laughs> and for our audience who doesn't know him, he is—he is of uh, Jamie Lannister fame, the Kingslayer. Uh, the Kingslayer. Ki- uh, yes, the, the sword catcher. Indeed. Sorry. Uh, okay, <laughs> actually, I have a, I have a couple I have a couple options, or Mads Mikkelsen, oh. <laughs> uh, or or my personal favorite, Ron Perlman. <laughs> okay, actually, that last one's a joke. I'm actually thinking of uh, Coster Waldo would probably be the most appropriate. Um, okay. And uh, so for antagonist, uh, I'm thinking of really there's two of them. Uh, there's a monster called Astriga, and the human who cursed her and, tra- and caused her transformation into a into a monster. And for that human pr- uh, character, I'm thinking uh, Aiden Gillen, if I'm saying that right. Oh, um, she's he's, on, uh, no, no, Guardians he, of the Galaxy. No no no, 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 no. He is uh, is Littlefinger. Uh, yeah. also, also from Game of Thrones. He's uh, always Thrones a good fan. bad guy. He's always a good bad guy, indeed. Um, so what type of bad guy is he? Um, the, the sniveling weasel type who, <laughs> who's ba- basically... He's, he's a Grima worm tongue. <laughs> so so what's, the, what's the story of this movie? What's yeah, happening? okay, so um, as for... Okay, so getting into plot... Um, I'm picturing Sir Opening would be like a, a peasant or merchant traveling through the, through the wilderness... On their way to the city, uh, it's midnight, and all of a sudden the traveler is attacked by a creature, um, and just to, it's just he's about to be killed. You know, Geralt leaps out of the the wilderness and saves him, and tells him, you know, I'm a witcher. Sort of introduces that. <laughs> I'm uh, a witcher, right I, on the nose. Yeah, I'm a witcher. I I, I kill <laughs> monsters and save people. Um, and then getting into the main plot, um, you know, Geralt he takes on a contract to lift the curse of a king's daughter. Uh, who was transformed into the Striga, into the monster, when she was a young girl. Uh, uh, part of being a witcher, mind you, is sort of, you know, getting into the in- investigation, investigation, finding out, um, you know, what kind of monster she is and the nature of the curse in order to lift it. He's a magical medieval detective. Yeah, there's some, there's some All Batman, right. you know, right. a Batman uh, mode. Or I know whatever. nothing about witcher, so this is no, like, no, this is Yeah, that's, that's exactly it. Uh, and eventually we get to Geralt and his friends discovering that, that you know, the, the, the Aiden guy responsible, um, he did it as a way to embarrass the king in order to get the throne th- for himself. And then finally we get the climax. Uh, we get Geralt having to deal with both the Striga and the evil Stuart guy. Uh, and, uh, and there's a big fight with the monster, which ends inconclusively, followed by the confrontation with Stuart Boy and the rescue of his friends. Does Littlefinger put up much of a fight? No, he, he what I'm thinking is um, uh, he ends up sort of running from the fight <laughs> and then the monster actually kills him. Oh, okay. As he's, as he's fleeing. And, uh, and, then, and then you have like kind of the, 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 the defeat of the monster and the lifting of the curse out. Okay, that's cool. So my, my question here is uh, beyond the traditional uh, story arc of you know big monster at the end and you're fighting them, 
What, what is the journey that our main character, Geralt, goes on throughout it's the It's Geralt, actually. Geralt. Geralt. <laughs> it's hard G. So what... Uh, Aside from being like a soldier of fortune. The, the, the journey that we go through, like you look at Iron Man, the first Iron Man movie, and it's, his journey has kind of become like an egotist. To somebody who cares more about society. So, like, what what is his journey throughout this movie? Uh, I think one one of the big themes of this character is his constant struggle between like the lesser evil, mm. and you know, uh, there, there's like a quote from the from the books and from the game. There's video games, uh, obviously. That's you know why we're talking about this. Uh, and he's he's always trying to do, like, it's it's very much a, sh- uh, a like a more like a shade of gray, moral gray sort of thing, and he's always mm. trying to do the lesser of the of the of the two evils. Mm-hmm. So definitely, there would be like this moral conundrum presented. So is it going to be? Uh, does the audience ever get convinced that he could go more evil, or is it more like we understand he's, that he's just trying to pick? The he's he, so he, the characters lived for about a century. Witchers like kind of basically don't age. So he's kind of like so, jaded. So he's very exactly. He's very jaded, and he's always like. He's you, he's holding back his demons. Mm. So so yes, it's always like this struggle, and he's always like having to force himself to do good. So do you have any scene in mind where it's like he shows how he could be evil, like maybe convinces the audience that like maybe uh, make a scene go, <laughs> make a scene go. Um, okay, so he has the choice between whether to kill the monster, like so he's hired to either kill the monster or cure the monster, basically lift the curse, turn her back into a little girl. So he could kill her. But then he decides to do the, the more difficult task of curing, of like lifting the curse. At okay, great so personal risk. Like at, great, at great personal risk because he, he has to like uh, spend a night with her and it's extremely dangerous. What? And it's, what? Uh, so to live... What, what kind of night? No, he has to like prevent her from returning to her, her like lair. Oh. Which means distracting her. Spend a night with her. Uh, that, yeah. He, well, he has to like he has to prevent her from returning to her lair and, and he actually has to, to climb into her little sarcophagus himself to prevent her from doing that. <laughs> that sounds really weird. It, it, well, dude, I mean, that this, it's the life of Witcher. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. It's a, tr- it's a tough translation to, to film, I will say. But I mean, per- like... Per- it's, perhaps. Okay, yeah. th- think of it this way. It's like Underworld, but just way better. <laughs> Multiple movies. Actually, no, no, I like Multiple that. For Nolan, I like so, that. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, uh, all right. Uh, I'm gonna save my judgments till the end of this, but that's uh, that's our first pitch. Uh, for our second one, I'm gonna go over to uh, to Mr. Andy. Yes. Okay. <laughs> all right. So I kind of went off base. This is a game I, I'll be honest with you. It's a, for a game I have not played since middle school. That's fine. All right. It's for The Sims. Oh. No. The Sims. Yes. Really. So the movie is called Symposium, just because <laughs> I wanted it to go that way. It's a good restaurant, too. Yeah. <laughs> only Canadians will get that. Shout out. <laughs> Those are our only viewers, man. Do, I do mean, listeners. A yeah. listener. Sorry. Yeah. So the idea was, uh, at first I just had this really dumb idea, and I kind of started doing a little bit of research. And what I started to realize is, the people who are into The Sims are super into The Sims. I found the weirdest comments and forums about people talking about how their Sims reacted to certain situations, whether they felt it went with the characters and stuff, and it just made it, just made it even better for me. So the idea is that this movie is someone comes in, this kid's about to start playing, and he accepts a beta update. He's part of, he's selectively chosen, he gets this beta <laughs> update. And a Sim that he he's, starts creating a world, and we start just only focusing on the world. So we don't really see the kid anymore. 
and what we start to see is this one sim who's like you know living his life going through all the motions starts to become starts to develop moral reasoning so he starts to ask himself i know i have to pee why do i have to have someone well why do i have to have this like drive to push me there <laughs> why do i have to wait for this like it, it like ethereal being to push me to go there so then we start he starts you know questioning everything around him everything that's going weird uh, he, he starts to push through uh, push through all that and he starts to try and recruit everyone around him but he gets really like, super, throughout the movie just like the other sims to like resist this so he realizes he's in a kind of like a, a fictional like a no, world no so he doesn't realize he's in a fictional world he just realizes that like he has a problem with this and no one else does I, he's the only one who sees yeah. it a, a la I lego see. movie yeah almost. kind of a little yeah. bit little, yeah like uh, getting on that point no but like yeah, yeah. yeah. it's mm-hmm. completely different also world in a while uh, sorry, Carson. German movie fan. So with him, uh, he's just trying to convert everybody. He's trying to turn everybody. Uh, just trying to make everyone understand. Like, you know, and what we were talking about, like, uh, one of the best scenes in my mind, one of the best scenes would be when he's, like, talking to someone and he says, you know, you know you have to do this. Why are you waiting? And this is the struggle, this really stupid conversation of, like, yeah, I know I have to pee. I have to wait. But Why? And I think that we can all relate on a certain level of this, like, okay, if you know you have to do it, why don't you do it? This is like a very existential... Uh... It's kind of what I was going for, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. So th- that's how the movie progresses. Yeah, he's trying to inform the others. It gets a little morbid because all of a sudden, you know, the user is getting very upset that his sims aren't listening anymore. <laughs> Tries to drown him in a pool. He keeps trying oh to get out. Yeah, it's getting... I had a feeling it was going to happen. I had a feeling someone was going to die like that. Yeah, d- does he die? Uh, or does so, he, like a side character. You haven't maybe. got there yet. No, no. Yes? So, 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 what's your tone of the movie here? Like, is this just like conversational the whole time? Like, what's the? Is there I, a suspense? It's like a drama. I, I'd say it's a bit of a drama. There is some action, but it's more focused on the struggle of trying to resist what's happening to you. This right? is cool. <laughs> so the idea is that you know, even with the struggle of trying to get out, he needs to. You know, he starts to realize I need to reach out to the other Sims, and the only way to do that is there's this there's this thing that controls everyone, and it's the mouse. Like pointer, <laughs> yeah. So, so the cursor, and he sure. he has to like latch on to the mouse pointer so he can exit. So, so, so he can physically wait. He can't see it. No, he can, he can see it. He can see the mouse pointer. Well, the mouse pointer is everywhere. The mouse pointer is what pulls them. That's the but ethereal being. Accepted all this time. That's all like, they've known. Yeah, and they've never I questioned see. it until now. <laughs> Interesting. Yes. Do you have uh, do you have some casting for us? Do you have an ending? I do have an ending. He he actually uh, hands on, he hangs on to the mouse pointer as the user just quits the game, mm. right? And he gets and, out. And the user, what the user does is reports the beta, just like everybody else does. <laughs> it has a bug. It has a bug. <laughs> they take it out, but he's still there, and that's how it ends. I see shades of Tron mixed with the Lego <laughs> movie, plus like requiem requiem for a dream. Yep. <laughs> so something Apollo brought up was similarities to uh, the Lego movie. And mm-hmm. I think what really drove the Lego movie was Chris Pratt as the main character, as like a really relatable character. So who's, who's I'm your main I'm just going to put my here? thumb over Chris Pratt over here. Uh, I had no, Nathan, no, that's fine. That's I actually... had Chris Pratt or Nathan Fillion, to be honest. Nathan Fillion. That's a good one. Yeah, because yeah, Chris Pratt, I think he's very relatable, but I think Nathan Fillion will have a better tone as like when he's upset and he's like just trying to get through to you and he feels like you're stupid. I really so like you have that a bit you picked of a Nathan Fillion. Tone here? Oh, yes. There's a very dark comedy. That's why the it's director... A, you know, yeah. yeah. I have David Fincher for the director. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. I wanted that Fight Club vibe. Like it's a very dark comedy and there, there's something to take away. Intriguing. Yes. He's really playing to the judge here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, musical style. This one was a little bit weird. But John Hughes. 
because the, the Sims has like really weird kind of music. Like, really can you give an example? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> just like right, cheesy, cheesy 80s music. <laughs> like just very like cheesy like elevator music that would be from the 80s. Because The Sims was okay, really it's very much matching yeah. The Sims. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. Just to stay true to the game. So it's almost like um, oh, what's that movie? Uh, it was like Pleasantville or something like that, where it's like mm-hmm. when they're in the world, it's so. Uh, I think uh, it was perfect actually perfect and right. similar, and then like he's trying to like almost get out of this. Mm-hmm. So it's like that type of thing. Exactly right. Like he can he can be complacent. Mm-hmm. The idea is like there's there's complacency and apathy, but do you, can you really live up to that? Right. Like, are you not going to just say something? Are you not going to get frustrated when no one sees your point of view or nobody what, wants to take so, that? So what about the struggle in this movie? Like, what is the the climax or what is who's the villain? Is the villain the the main? user in real life and who, who plays that person so the villain actually is is the oh yeah it would be the user I actually put the kid from modern family nolan gould uh i don't know yeah. but just I'm just sure like a young kid <laughs> just a young kid who's he's the one the playing game. yeah just little things like you don't really see him and, and that's kind of like the so audience is there a villain in the game then? the only other villains are the other characters who won't believe him who are like resisting yeah his... we're just like just leave it alone yeah. like, why do, do you, you have, have to like do a, it a main main character like is it his wife who it's like is like similar to is it someone else like i just kind of had the everyone in general because what happens when you make the characters in the sims from what i remember and what i was reading online you make a bunch of people and then more people will show up their neighbors show up a community Mm. shows up so you have a lot of bunch of people so what i had written down actually was a side character would be riffraff played by riffraff oh my god because kids you know people make random celebrities (laughs) so i just just add that little bit of fun like you know things like that <laughs> he's a rapper. I, ins- okay. I understand <laughs> it enough. <laughs> he's barely a rapper. Have you seen Spring? Have you seen Spring Breakers? Yes. Okay, James Franco. Yes. He's, a, he's a caricature yeah. of Riff Raff. Okay, yeah. I understand. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. Very different. Oh, pitches that's so cool. Far. Now we're gonna go over to our third pitch with Paulo. Take it away. I have a very straight arrow pitch. So the game I picked was The Last of Us. Which is one of my all-time favorite video games. It's it was almost kind of cheating because it's almost a video, a movie. Sorry, a movie in itself. So basically, it's a post-apocalyptic world where um, uh, humanity has been like decimated by uh, this virus, which turns people into like fungus monsters, zombies. Not quite zombies. <laughs> Bless you. <laughs> Not quite Bless zombies, but they're like it's a fungus that like takes over the mind, and then like over time the fungus grows over the people, and they become less human, and they they hunt through echolocation rather than sight. So um, we started. Uh, what should I start with? Oh shit! I almost spilled my beer on the equipment. Um, okay. So basically, we have uh, the main character, uh, Joel, and his, uh, his smuggler partner, uh, Tess. Oh, shoot. Time out. Oh, oh. Time out. <laughs> Sorry. Joel, who is uh, the main character, it starts off with a flashback. It's back before, like, the very first night of the outbreak. Um, him and his daughter, Ellie, are... Sorry. His daughter, Ellie, is at home by herself, and she's just, like, chilling, and then... Like, the outbreak happens, and then... Uh, sorry, she's seeing, like, clues of the outbreak. Uh, like, explosions in the near distance, like, news reports. And then Joel comes home, and he's, like, in a panic. Her dad, and he's like, oh, we gotta get out of here. Uh, so he takes her, and then they go, and they run, and they meet up with his brother, Tommy. And then they, like, they see, the, like, the devastation of the, the infected people as they're driving through the city. They get out, and then they reach a quarantine area where, like, a soldier is like, guys, you can't go, you can't go past here. And he's like carrying his daughter, but he's like, we, 
we're not sick. And then he shoots at them and he kills Joel's daughter. Um, he kills Joel's daughter and uh, uh, he fights back and he kills a soldier. And then that's the, that's the flashback. Like he, he loses his daughter in the very beginning of the movie. Flash forward 20 years later, or however long time, uh, Joel has become a smuggler with his partner Tess, um, and they they get this they get this mission from uh, the le- sorry, oh my god, I have to like I have so many thoughts that I have to like <laughs> put them in order. Joel is he's become a smuggler, um, and he. Um, he's living in this this world now where they're like in walled communities where like the military is like they have like an iron grip on them because like they have to keep the infection out um, so he's he's a smuggler with uh, his partner Tess it's it's like obvious that they're like a very close uh, they have a very close relationship it's like romantic uh, no not quite they're just like really good friends ish okay. maybe like bordering on romantic and then um, they get this uh, this mission from the leader of a rebel group called the Fireflies, who are like actively resisting the the like quote unquote government or like the military, who's like in control of everything, uh, and are also trying to find a cure. They get this mission to smuggle this young girl named Ellie out of the city to the main base of the Fireflies, where they can like, well, it's revealed later that she's immune and they can do tests on her, like to to find a cure for the for the disease. So, um, I think that's the, that's the meat of the, the plot, right? So, uh, where should I go next? <laughs> what's, what's the main, like, if you think of the, the journey of the main character, what's their journey throughout that movie? So, his thing is that, like, Ellie, the little girl that he's supposed to smuggle, she's so close, like, he sees so much of his daughter in, in Ellie that he's, like, struggling the whole way through to, like open up to her or like not like just be like be nice and like be a father figure because it's like it's it's the father father daughter dynamic Mm -hmm. that he's like struggling with um and he's kind of stuck with her because in the very first like as they're trying to escape from the city uh tess his partner um she gets bitten and she's like this is my dying wish like you have to take you have to take ellie to the rest of the way because i really believe in this so like he's stuck with her and then that that allows the like the relationship to build throughout like their their travels, to to the fireflies. All right. So what's your what's your tone in the movie? Are you, is it something similar to the road where it's very dark and you see a very dark? Not not quite it? the road. Like I thought of that, but it was like is more of like a horror adventure. Like there's it's. Um, is there gonna be moments where we see like oh shit it's the like the end of the world it's really really bad yes or like. Okay, so on that note, I picked Guillermo del Toro as the director because I really wanted like the the monsters to be fleshed out like really scary. So I want it to be like a, a like a serious horror film, but at the same time like I wanted him to develop the characters as like father daughter and they have to like get through this this business. So, um it's it's a lot of action and it's it's like tense horror. It's not like jump scares. So with Guillermo del Toro what are your monsters? What are so, we so the infected are like, so like I said, it's a fungus that the more you're exposed to it, the more the fungus takes over your body and you become less human. Mm. So like it grows on you and you're like, you're, um, you, you just become like a, just a beast that like 
clicks. Like yeah, so, we'll figure it out, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they like they they click to uh, navigate in like in right. the dark and like they don't they don't see anything. Like mm-hmm. the the longer so they're exposed. The sound. Yes. They make. Yeah. So there's like one the first uh, ex- uh, encounter where Tess gets bitten. Um, they're like in a subway station and they have to like sneak through and that's like really it's like a really tense horror rather than like just r- everything running at you. So um, they, so that's what the monsters are like. Uh, and then the, the main antagonist is actually like, because it's a, uh, a post-apocalyptic world, there's like people that have become like, they, that are living outside of the law and they're like cannibals and they're um, just like trying to, their main, mo- their main motivation is to like rob and eat them. What's, what's your rating on this movie? It's, it's rated hard R. Hard R. <laughs> It's I, I realize there's like a lot of it's very close to Logan in like certain certain I, I what's it uh, like, like the survival sort of, yeah. as soon as you said you were going with that option I was thinking Logan but it became very different yes mm-hmm. so like I, I I made like a conscious effort to like steer away from Logan um, but it's so sorry let's go straight to the ending the ending um, like after all this like trouble. Uh, Joel's like opened up to this girl because they've been through so much and then at the very end he finds out that to create the cure the fire li- the fireflies have to kill this girl and like take her like like harvest her basically and at the very end he fights like he he kills them and he fights to to break her out of the the lab that he's worked so hard to bring her to and it's basically just to keep her with him it's like so he's basically in a, in essence he's, he's like he's dooming he's, humanity yes in he's a sense. dooming humanity to yeah. just to keep this girl with him okay and that's the end this is a really tough decision here <laughs> and what I'm gonna do here is I'm gonna give thirty seconds for each pitch for the two people whose pitch it wasn't to say what was bad and horrible about it <laughs> so the same order I'm gonna give uh, Paul and Andy thirty seconds to critique. Dan's pitch. Wait, what? Go. Wait, wait, what? We're, we're, we're gonna, gonna say what's wrong with Dan. You're, you're fighting because you survival want survival here. You're fighting for oh, your pitch to be right. the best. Okay. So I want you 30 seconds to say what you don't like about the other people's pitch. We're gonna start with Dan. So Paulo and Andy, what do you think was bad about Dan's pitch? Oh my God. Yeah. This is like, we're Canadian. This is gonna be too hard to be. I know. You're, faces. you're a terrible Ten person. Already gone. Uh, we all want to see a David Fincher comeback. <laughs> so I don't know. Not about yours. About okay. <laughs> Um, I don't like what. How big is the Witcher fan base, really? You and, know, and like the, the <laughs> that, that's part of the strength to yeah. it. What, dude? It's not it's just huge. some boring rehash of stuff people already know. Yeah. But I feel like if you have to be a fan to want to go see the movie, is my only thing. Right? I don't know. It's, it sounds then, a lot like you the can't Scorpion develop, King. Then you can't develop these preconceptions like mm. we were talking about. All right, about and now critique Andy's. Die. All right, what? all right. Sims, boring. Right, who cares? <laughs> Philosophical stuff. Ten was no, ready. Nobody cares. <laughs> Nobody wants to see that. I mean, people want badass action, rated R shit. Psychological horrors are like interesting to us, like dark comedies, but I I don't know if there's like a huge audience Mm -hmm. for that, you know? Dude, indie indie films. I already saw that with Will Smith. Um, What? (laughs) Similar movie, I'm just saying. How many many zombies? Zombie stuff? Who cares anymore? Zombies are awesome. I am legend. I am legend. I am legend. legend. All right, already been done, man. Instead of a girl, it was a dog. That's a reach. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying, man. That's all I got. I'm fighting back. <laughs> that's all it is. Watch The Walking Dead if you want something better. Uh... Uh, okay, that I, that hurts. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
As a fan of The Walking Dead, that hurts. Alright, so, good segment, everyone. We need to pick a winner. The winner is everyone for hearing all your pitches. Wait, I'm just uh, kidding. Andy wins. Yay! So, and back to uh, Paulo to introduce the audio break for the next segment here. Alright, so, um, I'm still pretty sour about that last segment. So, I'm going to half-ass this, uh, <laughs> this audio pitch. Andy, I hate you. Uh, here's your stupid clip. Uh, is it, what is it? Uh, what? It, give us a little intro to your your shitty clip. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best movie from a, from the nineties, with a white male protagonist and his black sidekick, who try to get through the day. First you defy me, then you mock my hair. You're dead. All right. So uh, that was Andy's clip. Uh, just a reminder. Tweet us or uh, DM me on Instagram if you uh, if you think you know what that was. What's that uh, Twitter and Instagram guess. tag already? Uh, at Paulo versus the world vs not versus. Uh, anyways, so we're going straight into our next segment, our second last segment. We're doing the speed round. All right. So what we did before was we had our pitches, which where we turned video games into movies. We're flipping the script. We're turning movies into video games. So uh, I have. Four uh, genres of video games, and uh, we have Dan, Andy, and Carson uh, making these movie worlds into these video games. So, for example, we have like a party game, and uh, we could turn the movie This Is the End, where it's the end of the world, into a party game. Uh, I don't know how you would do that, but this is what we're doing. All right, so let's start. Any, uh, mini, money, mo- we're starting with Carson. Uh, the first genre. Uh, kick it off, Carson. We're doing an open world game, kind of like a Grand Theft Auto. All right, it's Demolition Man. Uh, <laughs> you're gonna get fines every time your character swears. You're gonna have the ability to check what uh, swears you choose. Your your is characters. It like a mic? How how is this an no, open no, world? No, it's open game? world, and like you know how an open world game like GTA or Witcher, or whatever, yeah. you're always like against the authority. In this one, you're gonna be with Are the you? authority, which is the police, but they're completely inept. They have no idea what they're doing. You're going to be helping them. It's going to be a detective movie, and it's going to be in that weird right. Demolition Man type future. Right, and there's seashells. And you're going to have to know the seashells. Yeah, there's there's going to be right. an to entire scene about the seashells. <laughs> All right, Andy, go. Uh, Inception. Inception. Yeah. So you have you. Nice. What you do is you accept all the missions to go about. You can explore the world as much as you want, but you're going to accept a mission to incept someone. You go in with a team, and you get to choose how your person decides to make the dream for them. You can go further and further down. You can exploring the worlds that they make for you. This sounds very complicated. Complicated. <laughs> I can't even Almost say like the word. word. Okay. Uh, how do you make this intuitive for the casual gamer? So you don't actually get to, you don't build the levels that you're going into. So when you choose the architect, a mission, does yeah, the architect. Right? So, <laughs> sounds thank too you. complicated, Andy. Come on. So the architect will cho- give you a choice of like, do you want to do like, a, like, let's say, a medieval world, uh, corporate mm-hmm. world, futuristic world. You can go uh, within that. And I, if you're I don't failing, want to make, I don't want to do too many choices, man. That's open world. <laughs> this is interesting. True. Okay. 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 Fair enough. Okay. Choice is good. Uh, All right. Dan. All right, Lord of the Rings trilogy. All right, you know, pretty pretty obvious why this would be cool. You got a Skyrim type game with playable races like elves, dwarves, okay. and, and the and the Entwives, of course. Uh, you're able to visit iconic locations such because as the Shire. Everyone knows the Entwives. Of course, dude, dude, you got well, yeah, and then they can yeah. be found, right? Uh, that much and yes. you got to you have to visit the Shire and Minas Tirith. Fucking cool. 
What do you right. in an open world type game? You need characters that progress and like power up, and you sure it's part of the map. You s- I think yours is really good for like like Middle Earth is really good for uh, discovering other parts of the map, but it's like how do you par- power up as a character? You you level you gain experience and you level up, just like just like Skyrim. Uh, sorry, how just is, to, how just is, to throw this in, this is a debate for each genre. Uh, I'm picking the best for each one. Uh, so uh, fight. <laughs> I, I feel like Demolition Man. It's like. It's something different. You and always in the open world, it's always you versus the world, and I think this is like you with the world, and I think that's something new that you can bring to the genre. Time out. I'm already leaving towards Demolition Man, so I want to hear from Andy and Dan. You guys have to fight it out. So with Inception, one of the nice things, and especially with open world games, just like Skyrim, there's a lot of room for user mods because you can create a mission, you can create the worlds, and you can give people the opportunity to go through them. Okay. It's, it's endless. It's not a pay-to-win, though, right? No, right. Yeah, we, yeah, we don't want a pay-to-win scheme, right? <laughs> no, 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 not all either. right, well, come on. Lord of the Rings trilogy. Come on, guys. That, that, is... that, should, just, that should just win it right there. But who has the time to play okay. as an end? So I want to bring up... <laughs> you remember in GTA how every restaurant is the Taco You're Bell? right, they walk really Demolition Man, every restaurant is Taco Bell. Wait, 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 what was that? Wait, who, 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 <laughs> Taco in Bell, who cares? Bowl, in the Demolition Man universe, every restaurant is a Taco Bell. But no, I thought it was Pizza Hut. The R rated right. or the PG thirteen. Okay, we're moving on to the I'm cutting that off. I'll give you my results after the segment. Uh, we're moving on to uh, a beat 'em up type game. If you remember the uh, original Ninja Turtles game, it's like a side scroller where you just fight endless amounts of It's an amazing uh, game. Yep. Yes, it is an amazing game. Endless amounts of uh, the shredder, uh, of the foot shredder foot clan. Shredder, foot, uh, the foot, clan. The foot, the foot clan. Pardon yeah. me. Anyways, uh, beat 'em up. We're starting with uh, let's go reverse damn. All right. Okay, guys. No question here. John Wick. Ooh. All right. And and actually, I have right here. You know, classic. Just like the TM TM uh, NJ beat 'em up. Uh, you play as the good old JW fighting through hordes of mobsters and assassins. Just because you know who needs a plot with because a beat 'em up. Because he killed your dog. That's what yeah. Well, there's <laughs> that. But I mean, that's not much of a plot. Of <laughs> so you know, who cares about the plot? Uh, then we have a bonus level that takes place in the Continental. <laughs> level, level starts with a guy who raises his arms and says, wait, there are rules, no killing. To which you reply by blowing his face off. Oh. And what? then the level proceeds as normal with hordes of bad guys that, for you to kill. I feel like that was a little messed up for me, but uh, we'll move on to Andy. He's like, he has to follow the rules. Of the whole but that's the whole point, is that nobody <laughs> follows the rules. All right, all right. Andy, go. I don't know if it's cheating, but the man with the iron fists. Oh my goodness. You're going to be fighting hordes of different tribes. Did you guys know I was going to be judging this? No, no. <laughs> okay. not at all. But, I mean, who doesn't love a Wu-Tang movie? That. You can have other characters come in. You can have all sorts of rap references. And not to mention just, like, different tribes, different people you can fight. Russell Crowe is a bad guy. I think it's great. <laughs> I think I'd just end it there. With the knife revolver. <laughs> uh, for mine, I was going to go Judge Dredd. Mm. Every category is <laughs> a different, different apartment building that you're working your way up. You're eventually going to find the boss at the top of the apartment level, and you're just fighting your way up to the top of the apartment level. Uh, I think what you want as a fighter game is you want different types of levels, you want an interesting character in yourself, and I think that's what you can get with Judge Dredd, is you have a really cool, awesome character, you have different judges that you can uh, fight with, but at the same time, you always have a different apartment level, different part of town that you can fight with. This is, that one, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Um, ooh, okay, let's go, let's go straight to the next one. Um, the next genre is, uh, I think I can slow down a bit because we've been going really fast. <laughs> uh, the next one is real-time strategy game, game, oh god, sorry, English is my second language. Real-time strategy game, uh, a la StarCraft, WarCraft, um, I don't know. Yeah, that, that, those are the, pretty much the most well-known. <laughs> yeah. So, um, let's start with Andy. 
Uh, so I went kind of a weird direction with it, and I chose Fight Club. Oh. So you you kind of work as a guy. Uh-huh. Yeah, you're so you're Tyler Durden. You got you're trying to build up the amount of people to like the resources that you have. You try to get as many followers as you can. Try oh, to take over some stations. Like that chunk of the movie, which was just about his like army of exactly of people. Like creating chaos. Exactly, right. and what you're doing is you're spreading that chaos. So you're getting people. You're trying to take key zones, like political zones, so that you can have people who are putting laws in your favor. A little bit of Civ is in there too because what you want to do is you want to influence people, you want to build bases and structures and you really want to attack certain What places. type of structures do you build? Like I know in the beginning like so you, they have that mm-hmm. house that they get their like yeah. little disciples to create. Yeah. You yep. infiltrate. So what you do is you, you'll take over a government building and what you'll do is you'll have your people in there as the politicians who are working in your well, they favor. start as like totally like, mm-hmm. as like janitors. Exactly. Right? That's where they start and then they end up just <laughs> harassing everyone and just trying to take over with like bribing them because they, they're just trying to get stuff done. Trying to change the world. Interesting, interesting indeed. Okay, uh, I'm gonna mix it up. Eeny, meeny, miny, mo, Carson. Next. Okay, so I'm excited about this one. This one is about the 1970s film, The Warriors. Uh, this is about a post-apocalyptic film where people take over. Uh, we'll say New York in this example, but it's about a city where post-apocalyptic gangs take over a city. Uh, for example, one of the gangs is a a group of clowns who are dressed as baseball oh, the players. Oh shit! Yes. Sorry, that went so right over my head. The 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 part of the the kind of the game here is there are different gangs in various parts of the city. The map is the city, <laughs> and you are trying to take over your gang for the entire city. So you're 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 starting off like you're trying to take over certain businesses. You're trying to collect like your certain racket of getting you know profit, security money, as they would say, uh, and then you're you're trying to work Protection. that up to. Eventually, you're going to get gang wars when you eventually run into somebody else in the map. So it's going to be you're going to have the really how would, weird, how would other awesome. Players, how would how would you play with multiplayer? You have different characters, so you have certain people who are good at the economics. Like they got to go run down to like you know your, your local restaurant to like beat them down for money and they get you know give them protection money. Uh, but then you also have to have your certain like uh, heavy art characters who can uh, fight with the other gang characters. So you have a lot of different characters. Uh, you have really unique characters. And you're fighting in a city environment as opposed to something like StarCraft where it's like a, an empty map and just like a landscape and something like that. So uh, it's, it's kind of a unique twist I, I on the RTS strategy. Fuck off, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, Dan, your turn. All right, all right. Well, mine is, of course, Independence Day. Oh. Uh, uh, you know, as the humans, you build up your base, your aircraft, you recruit pilots for said aircraft, use your forces to destroy alien attackers while simultaneously sending a hijacked alien fighter up to take out the mothership, all right? That's very, that seems uh, very linear. Uh, 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 so anyway, <laughs> as the aliens, you build up forces and wipe out the pathetic humans, which requires beefing up your cybersecurity in case some asshole human decides to infect your ships with a virus. Jeff Goldblum. All right. That pesky Jeff Goldblum. That's right. Must go faster, must go faster. <laughs> um, yeah. Do you have, you have only two races? Actually, no. There's a third, like, other alien race that shows up. That Are you, you taking yeah, into you... account the, the sequel to Independence Maybe Day? Maybe I am. <laughs> All right. I think the fact that you've brought in Independence Day resurgent into this has just completely wiped yours off the map here. Not, not just... to mention humans and then two different types of aliens. Kind of <laughs> we have another RTS that we are. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm keeping that one on the table, though. I, oh, I'm, you're, I'm you're a good man. Of... The RTS uh, category is very much in the air. I'm going to throw that out right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the next one, uh, we're doing a simulator game. Oh my god, I'm so excited for this one. 
Oh, <laughs> okay. So you went like first last time. Basically, The Sims, but um, it's The Sims, but uh, based on a movie universe. So let's see. Um, I started with everyone once already. Let's. Uh, Carson's asking me if to start with him, so I'm going to start with Dan. Fuck. All right, great. <laughs> well, I've got uh, the Fast and the Furious. The first one. That's right. The first okay. one. So basically, you run your own outlaw street racing <laughs> gang. So this is the Fast and the Furious, only the first one. One, only the first <laughs> one, because that's the best one. The Rock uh, is not in this one. That, that, that's correct. Ooh, uh, that's so basically, what you, 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 you race and manage your car shop by day. You hijack trucks by night. And, uh, and as a bonus, because remember, at the very beginning of the movie, of course, they, they hijack like, the truck and steal yeah. the electronics, right? Uh, and as a bonus, you'd have a great simulation of a crummy diner with undercover cops always showing up and ordering tuna sandwiches and flirting with the, the, the server. Wait a second. Is this triple X or this is Fast and Furious? All right. I guess that went over your heads. But at the beginning <laughs> of Fast and Furious, uh, 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 Paul Walker is always going because he's on a cover, right? He's always going to their, their diner, which is, I guess, their front. Okay. And he's always flirting with Mia or whatever, you know, uh, yeah. Vin Diesel's sister. Right, he's always ordering tuna sandwiches. Oh, anyway, man. all right, best idea, guys. <laughs> Rest in peace to my street idea. cred for not knowing the first Fast and Furious. Any, meeny, miny, mo, Andy, you're next. All right, sorry. Carson, Carson, you don't need another advantage. You're not going to get to go, Carson. This is the best one. So what we're going to do is a night at the Roxbury. What? Yes. So what you're going to get to do, it's kind of like almost like Roller Coaster Tycoon in a way. You're going to build up your own club. Oh, so you find man. a street corner, you, you find a little board, you find a little building, you open it up, you start to get people to come in. First, you're gonna get, you know, you're not gonna have the greatest security. You're gonna have some riffraff come in, because you know, I talked about riffraff before. Um, uh, but this is in the '90s, no one knew him, so he's sne- everyone's coming. Okay, doesn't even know him no, now. Exactly. Neither do I. So you, you're gonna have a lot of issues in the beginning. You guys figure out ways to make money, and the more successful you get. You can get more celebrities to come in. You can hire relevant 90s bands to come in and perform in your club to get more people in there. Uh, it's going to be just 90s nostalgia. That's, through. Yeah, Pearl Jam. Exactly. They make a great, great club music. I was thinking more Prozac, but that's my <laughs> style. But yeah, you're, you're going to have everyone come in. And eventually, you're, what your whole point is to overtake the Roxbury. The Roxbury is like the final boss. Exactly. You, okay. want, you want to be bigger than the Roxbury. You want Johnny Depp to show up at yours. Interesting. Okay, what, uh, is there like any expansion? It's just purely nightclub, like how do you make that, like, uh, how, where do you get the replay value out of that? Uh, because what you can do is decide to change what kind of club you have, so maybe on the same street as the Roxbury, everybody's kind of has this theme of going out, dancing at night, you can kind of change it up on the themes, right? Okay. So you can decide, maybe I want to introduce thrash metal in this neighborhood, <laughs> and so you're going to bring that in, punk rock ska was very big back in the day. Okay, okay, I can see that. Uh... Last but not least, sorry, you good? Oh, yeah, no problem. Last but not least, Carson. Okay, so I wanted to go first here because I thought I was going to have the same idea everyone else has, which is the obvious idea, which is Jurassic Park. <laughs> and if, you don't, if you've never played the game Dino Park Tycoon, you know that this is the greatest idea that resulted in a terrible video game, and it's you build your own dinosaur park. Uh, they had this game, but it was way too focused on economics, on ticket prices and whatnot, and they're going to do this, but... At the end of the day, we just want to build a park where you can put your own dinosaurs in it. This is not going to be the the inevitable result of any Jurassic Park or Jurassic World video where everyone escapes. You just want to build that Jurassic, uh, that, uh, that that whole park where everyone wants to go to, where you have your 
Tyrannosaurus Rex at one side and all the other <laughs> dinosaurs at the other side. You want to do it properly yes, where John I Hammond couldn't. I want to do the, the Jurassic <laughs> Park where you build a successful, economically viable theme park. And Yeah, the, how come this game hasn't been made? It, that's, that's it was little... made as Dino Park Tycoon, but it was, it was but terrible. It was they, you always I'm lost sure within couldn't... one year. And everyone, <laughs> oh, it was like, that's... how long could you build the park before it ran out of money? Because it was the hardest game ever. But all yeah. I want to do is build a game where it's actually possible to build a park full of dinosaurs. And you will manage all the so, concessions, so can you, all the can visitors. You win, can you beat this game? Or does it just sort of... You win the game with the amazing graphics of having like, great dinosaurs. <laughs> and so, great... So, so there's no, basically I'm asking like... There's no end, like there's no point where it's like you win, or is like, it like operating in the green? You keep going until you people get tired of your park. I guess. You're always Cause, under cause the that, threat of your dinosaurs breaking out. So you're like, how long can I keep this? How many risks? So you can have I to take? balance like yeah. a good part the reason with like I security. Because if you want to be economically successful, you have to take risks. You have to you know maybe have a little sacrifice so, so, so in the security you of your park, but. Uh, at what point do all your dinosaurs escape and eat all your visitors? You don't know, but you have to balance <laughs> that throughout the game. Fair. Okay. Um, I think we have enough time to do a fifth uh, surprise genre, uh, which is the party game. I know this is the hardest one, so I left it for last. I don't know how good you guys are going to uh, do. Terrible, um, terrible idea, but I was thinking... I uh, guess Dan's going first. Oh, oh sorry, <laughs> sorry, 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 Paulo, I just jumped in there. That's uh, fine, go ahead. Terrible idea, but I was briefly thought of uh, Clue. You know, the, the, the movie Clue, it's like... Uh, sell it, it to me. Uh, it says what I mean, I don't think I can. <laughs> uh, it, it's like, it's like, right. it's like a big party, everybody's, uh, you're, you're trying to, you're trying to figure out who, who's the, who's the murderer and what, what weapon they used and it's so, a big party so so basically this is a clue <laughs> two shapes <laughs> okay <laughs> all right um let's any mini mighty carson fuck i have nothing for this oh. um let's go um it's it's quiddish it's uh, it's harry potter it's uh you get to it's a sports game and you get to play as each individual player and uh you also have somebody who's in the stands and they get to do magic to uh to throw those sports games off because <laughs> that's what you're missing in a sports game you have you're audience missing interference. magic in a sports game yeah you're the missing audience, magic in a sports game influencing stuff with magic exactly. yeah you have somebody as the goalkeeper one person's off doing their own thing as a snitch uh snake this is called a snitch. The snitch, yeah. Oh, and then, sorry. Uh, so you have like a, so the it's the worst party game ever. Character. Everyone is doing their own thing and no one is interacting. All right, Andy, That's this is your chance to uh, steal the the whole uh, segment. Well, okay, I feel like it's a cop out because it's you got to take a movie that no one really gives a shit about the characters, but Sausage Party. Oh, <laughs> because you have all these like this is a good start, Andy. Grocery items, you can just choose whatever character you want and play all sorts of little mini games the whole time. So you can do. Milk bag tosses, melon bowling. <laughs> they can attack each other with knives, Super Smash Brothers style. Doesn't really matter. You can make it as gory as possible if you want. You mm -hmm. can literally do anything that you want with this game. I have no problem with saying Andy won that round. Uh, Indeed. <laughs> actually, let's let's flesh this one out a little bit. Okay. Uh, Dan. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Carson. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you, you have different <laughs> magical spells you can do? Yeah, that's how it goes. Well, what about different things in the universe of Harry Potter? So not just Quidditch. No, it's just Quidditch. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Are you you're trying to lose this <laughs> one? It's just Quidditch. 
Um, all right. I'm going to deliberate for, uh, give me like, how much time do I have? Give me about 15 seconds. I'm going to think about this one. What do, you, what do you guys think is the worst video game movie ever? Worst well, video well, game Paulo movie. Thinks in, about in, this in, the, in the name of the king, uh, Dungeon Siege Story. I don't even see that as a video game movie. because It's I a don't tie between know. any Uwe Boll movie ever. I, I feel like the Mario is the, the obvious answer. But I almost I, I, respect well, it for its bold ambition. I didn't, I, right, I didn't want to say that in, in, in <laughs> respect of, of Andy here. <laughs> it's okay, um, I, I teach their own, right? Like it's, it is what it is. All right. Del- deliberation complete. Um, it's combat, by the way. Um, okay, let's start with open world. I went with. It was a tie. I have I have like three ties. <laughs> I'm, I'm a huge. Uh, I'm a little bitch. Um, it's a tie between Lord of the Rings and Demolition Man. So Demolition Man. I know there's not like a huge cult following. I'm sorry, Andy. That's okay. There's not a huge cult following behind Demolition Man. But, I mean, just the fact that you are the Demolition Man, like, uh, I can't even explain it. It's just like, it's like a, it's, it's like so, a, it's so like badass. a, more, it's like a weird, uh, it's, <laughs> I guess it's the I feel like that's more a, a plus for the movie than it is my idea. No, but the thing <laughs> is, like, it's, you know what, now that I think about it, it's Grand Theft Auto, <laughs> so I'm going to stick with Lord of the Rings. I'm sorry, Carson. <laughs> the, the Entwives did it, right? Because I don't think there has been a open world uh, Lord of the Rings game. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, there's been an MMO, yeah. but not a single player. Yeah, which, which is what I was. Mm. Which I would be well, very interested. My idea. In. Yeah. Um, so the second uh, we have a beat 'em up, uh, I went with a tie between <laughs> John Wick and the Man with the Iron Fist. Um, Man with the Iron Fist because uh, it just like a. Who wouldn't want to get a Wu Tang beat him up? <laughs> like seriously, and also John Wick. I think it's the perfect. Uh, you know what? Sorry, Dan. Now that I think about it again, it's, it's kind of generic because like, it's like a. It's, it's, it's just like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's, it's one. guys beating up guys. Yeah, that's fair. Which is like no I'll, offense I'll to give you. you that. Like, I'll give I, you that. You were right there. Um. The next one was uh, the open... Oh, sorry. Real-time strategy game. This was a hard win for the Warriors. Oh, yeah. Carson, you took that one, like, by a landslide. Uh, I should note that Independence Day was, like, a close second. Really? (laughs) (laughs) You just said he won by a landslide, though. Uh, (laughs) Landslide with a close second. Yeah. It was, like, it was holding on to the the rocks that are falling down the the mountain. Gotcha. And, um... I think it's a three-way tie, right? At the moment. I believe so. Uh, I'm just going to com- forget that we did party game. <laughs> and uh, for the simulator, uh, the tiebreaker, uh, I'm sorry, I had to take Jurassic Park. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Boring. Um, with a close second to uh, the night at the Roxbury, just yeah. straight off its uh, originality. Emilio! Emilio! <laughs> um, but, yeah, so uh, that was our speed round, which was it was, took quite a long time for a speed round. <laughs> but, um, so what we're going to do now is uh, we're going to go through our, our panel of experts and uh, see what movie you're looking forward to in the near future. Um, would anyone like to start... Uh, let's say Carson. 
so I'm going to go with uh, a movie called Ghost Story. Uh, this is a movie with Rooney Mara and Casey Affleck uh, about the uh, someone experiencing how those around him go on with their lives after he dies. And he basically, he's in this like Charlie Brown type ghost Halloween outfit where it's just like a blanket over him with the two eyes cut out. And he's kind of going around, walking around, and he's still there while his loved ones are going on with their lives. Wait, like that's actually what... No, that's actually the movie. Uh, it, was a, it was a hit <laughs> at the Sundance Film Festival. Uh, the entire thing is filmed in like a 3-4 aspect ratio, which seems like a, like a home video type thing. Uh, it seems very interesting of like, uh, just like a, a way to go through that type of experience and, and kind of experience how uh, you, you want to like go beyond death and beyond life in terms of how you want to go through your life and what the impact of your life is beyond your own death. And so it's just like, there's, there's so many ambitious, ambitious topics with that movie that it's just, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to what it is. It could be a pretentious piece of shit, but... <laughs> I, I feel like it's interesting, interesting enough that I'm very much looking forward to it. Thank you, Cerebral Carson. <laughs> um, uh, let's uh, flip it over to Dan. I don't All think right. we've gone in this direction yet. That, that, that sounds good to me. Uh, the movie I'm most looking forward to uh, would be The Dark Tower. Mm. Um, Idris Elba, he's a super badass. Um, I love the man. Uh, you have Matthew McConaughey as the villain. To me, that seems just really interesting because, I mean, I've never seen a movie where he's been the bad guy, so yeah. that just seems kind of cool. And finally, I'm curious about the actual, um, you know, the story in the world and, and the universe of, uh, uh, of Stephen King's novels because I've never read them. <laughs> so, <laughs> any of them. Any of them. <laughs> Pretty much. So. Andy? Uh, I'm going to say Spider-Man Homecoming. Only because it's the first div with the new Spider-Man actor. And I always feel like they do the first one pretty good. Or at least I enjoy them. <laughs> Before they give up. <laughs> exactly. Usually the second one, they're trying too hard. And then the third one, it's like, why, why are we still here? Uh, so the first one's usually good. Like, I enjoyed the, the first one. Third movie. <laughs> I, I would actually put Spider-Man 2 uh, with the Tobey Maguire. Spider-Man 2 is one of the best superhero movies of all time. Oh, wow. <laughs> you also hated Super Mario Brothers movies, so I'm not really going to trust you. <laughs> this is a good fight for next episode, by the way. Uh, but yeah, no, I think it's going to be fun, and like Robert Downey Jr. is in it too, so That's a little true. bit more funny. I think it'll be a good touch. Yeah. I think they learned by uh, adding some star power <laughs> to the new Spider-Man. Um, oh, I guess I'm going to throw it to myself. Hey, Paulo, what are you looking forward to uh, in the... In the near future. Um, funny you ask, Paulo. Um, so, <laughs> um, I'm looking forward to uh, Valerian and the, you know what, I can't even say the name properly. Valerian and the city, and the city of a thousand planets. If that's not what it is, it's damn close. Um, it's by, like, it's uh, by Luc Besson, who also did one of my favorite movies of all time, The Fifth Element. So off the strength of that, I'm I'm banking like, do good job, buddy. Um, it's and important to note here that nobody is looking forward to Dunkirk. So we all think it's going to be a terrible movie, right? It's going to suck. Wait, <laughs> yeah, it's gonna terrible. Um, to our hardcore fans, I also I shouted Dunkirk out in our last episode, but, anyways, We're Luke. All Bith looking forward to Dunkirk. Yes, everyone awesome. is in the world. Um, but anyways. Valerian, um, Cara Delevingne is in it. 
Um, that's a weird thing to shout out. That's because the only reason why Paul was looking for. That is not the only reason. <laughs> I don't know. He couldn't even remember the name of the movie. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna cut it off right now. Um, tune in next uh, month or year. Who knows when we're? We'll keep you in suspense for the next episode of. Uh, we don't even have a name yet because it's rotating. <laughs>